Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. This one airs March 9th. Everything's a mess this week. Shane was gone last week. Matt doesn't get in until Friday. Showdown Joe's gone. Elias is out dicking around in California with Brendan Schaub and doing movies and all this stuff. You would think, you would think that people might be a little bit busy. One of those men is Shane Helms. Shane, did you do anything interesting last weekend? You know what I went through this last week, man? I went through some things. I went through some things. You through some things? You're, you're yes. about to go through some more things. I went through some, um, about to go through some more things. With the A, things. We're going to talk about some of it without, with, without giving away too much of what's going to air. I'll say this. It makes sense why you were eating all those damn Sensible Portions meals. Boom, son. I was uh, – if you've seen, you seen my post uh, last September uh, – had a little doctor's appointment and I weighed in at two thirty nine, and uh, I'm about Damn. I'm about one ninety five right now. So yeah, my you woman has been whooping my before, ass. You had to get that down before Francis and Ganu called you out. I did, man. I got to drop. I got to drop down to one eighty five. <laughs> I want to be a middleweight. But uh, yeah, man, everything's going good. Staying really busy. Um, I just did a cool uh, interview on askmen.com, their field section. Uh, so things are going good, man. And other than in that, good the, shape, Shane. The TNA thing's been crazy, as you well know. And I what is TNA? Going. What is TNA? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I done fucked up already. Impact. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, I'm already about to get fucked up. Talking about me bootlegging other people's shit. You're not even <laughs> using the right name for your company. That was the improper use of the word bootleg. So once again, you fucking up. Whatever. That's two whatever. strikes. Um, so I talked to a lot of people. That move was pretty popular. Uh, moving from TNA to Impact, everybody that I talked to said, "Yeah, this was long overdue." And one person said that Dixie was the main person who wanted to hold on to it because of the history behind the name. What did you think about the move? I didn't give a shit either way. I just wanted those little stupid little selling points or thing people that want to jump on just to have some kind of bandwagon conversation about, you know, 
the, the name didn't bother me. I understood that that the connotation behind it might have like uh, left some people. I thought the simple um, fix for it was in the logo just to say what TNA means. Don't say, don't have just the letters. Have total nonstop action. Say what it the, the letters mean, and then that's the confusion is gone. It's not like we're some massively. It's just a wrestling company, and you really think changing the name is going to do anything if all the other stuff doesn't change? That has absolutely zero to do with anything. But you know, uh, people are fucking bandwagon people. They're sheep. They hear one talking point, and it must be real if you say it enough. So, um, well, I mean, to I be fair, if I start a, if I start a fighting it. company next week, if you and I start a fighting company, we're not going to name it Balls Fighting. But if you did, I would watch it. And if I liked it, I would watch it. And whether nice. some other person didn't like the name wouldn't affect whether I watched it or not. See, I'm not one of these cheap people, man. I like shit because I like it, not because other people like it. Oh, God. That's the we're difference. With- See, you got to understand that's the difference between a leader mentality and a follower mentality. I'm just asking the fucking question, Shane. He's I'm trying to educate, man. You got to listen. You got to listen. Don't fight the education. Accept the education. But I mean, has I like your role changed I at like all? The, uh, I like the name Impact. Let me finish, dummy. I like the name Impact. You know, I, so it, it's either or to me. Like I said, I'm going to give a shit if it's going to be TNA. I would still be just as happy with the show. If it's Impact, I'm just as happy with the show. I really don't give a shit either way. Has your role changed in any way since the new management has taken over? Uh, not, not really. You know, um, <clears throat> we just did a. Uh, a lot, you know, a lot of us, a lot of hours we put in. Um, and so, you know, I'm still an agent producer, still an on-air talent. Uh, and I'm still going to throw out my creative ideas whenever given the opportunity and given the chance. Um, so no, no, not, not, no real specifics about any change. Now, I remember when I talked to you last year, uh, before we ever did a podcast, I asked you about the direction of the X Division because you were, you're not only agenting stuff like that but you on screen are put right in the middle of that is that coming together the way that you hoped you all brought in a few new names uh i don't want to say a familiar face a familiar character you all did a lot of things that that added to the x division at these tapings yeah um we we got off track a little bit you know uh where my vision of of what we were doing with the belt when we did the like mike bennett storyline where he got it and stuff like that, I thought kind of took away uh, from the belt. Um, I like what we did with Eddie Edwards and, and using the belt that, you know, not necessarily calling it a stepping stone, but if you have the X Division, it would allow you a, a shot at the uh, the World Heavyweight Championship. If you have the X Division Championship, I'm not opposed to that, but, um, you know, for that, for that division, it really stands out. It kind of needs to be left alone. It's lost its identity for the best of reasons because that style got over. And so what, so what is it now? You know, so um, that's something I've been fighting for since I've been there to, to reestablish the identity of what the X division means. Um, I like bringing in new guys, you know, and it doesn't mean we got to sign them to 30 year contracts. So let's just bring in new talent here and there. Let's pop the crowd and see what they can do. And if they're good, then we keep them around. If they don't, okay, well let's try again in a little bit. Um, but at the same time, some of the guys we got, we got to use them and establish them and find out who they are. Find out, you know, we know they're great wrestlers. You know, anybody in that division uh, that we've seen is good in the in the ring. But who are they uh, on that microphone? Who are they, you know, backstage? That's where your character and personality comes out. I spoke to Jim Ross yesterday, and one of the things he put over was even at the last set of tapings, the story arc 
of Josh Barnett. He came in, one set of tapings. He had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And now he's out of there, but it's set up to where if he pops up again, TNA fans or Impact fans know who he is. Uh, do you see or do you see this regime doing that as well? Because from somebody who just, you know, I just wrote down the damn spoilers I was sent, you don't know necessarily who will be there long term, who will be there short term, but a lot of people were brought in. Yeah, and I, I love the unpredictability of, of impact. That's what I've been something I've been preaching forever, you know, like, and I stand by that. It's amazing to me. It still is. And that this show could be taped in advance and it's still more unpredictable than the live shows that we see. And that is the damn truth. It's so unpredictable that sometimes even we don't know what's going to happen. You know, and like <laughs> even, and uh, I mean, and this goes, and this is me talking about people who don't read the spoilers. Like if you read the spoilers, don't try to say that things are predictable when you read the spoilers. Yeah. You did that shit to yourself. But to the fan that doesn't read the spoilers, you watch our show, man. You can't sit there and predict all the winners. You can't predict what's going to happen. It's a very unpredictable show, and I like that. Um, I think we got to be careful about bringing guys in too much and just in, uh, and so that that becomes the norm, you know, because then we lose the shock value of it. You know, I want to do a little bit here and there. We got to have our core group of roster that we build around and work around, you know. It's like any TV show, you know, it's like Seinfeld. You can have these little guest appearances here and there. But you still got the main core, you know. So we got to stick with our core guys, guys that are good, and we got a you know really talented roster to choose from. So so we're lucky in that aspect. Well, one of the talking points, obviously, was a lot of old TNA backstage names coming back. Now, when I would play, not even Devil's Advocate, this is how I feel. These names were around when TNA was at its peak. They knew what it took to get TNA there, and you see Dutch Mantel, you see Jeff Jarrett, you see Bruce Pritchard. Personally, I, I would consider those all positive moves. Bruce has a wildly successful podcast. Jeff knows the formula to make impact work, and Dutch has been around. What do you think that a guy like Dutch Mantel has to give in 2017 where some people may think – what like, some people may wonder? Uh, well, well Dutch, Dutch is really intelligent, so that's one thing that he brings to the table. I don't, it doesn't matter what year it is. But you got to have that old school vibe. You know, I'm a big fan of, of the variety that pro wrestling can be. It doesn't have to be just one style. You know, I like the old school. I like the new school. I like whatever the future school is going to be. And so uh, so we need somebody that's been there and done that. So when you bring up ideas, it's always good to have somebody that goes, hey, you know, I've actually seen that idea work before or, or a similar idea. And maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. And here's why. You know, it's, uh, it's good to have the wise owl. Maybe he's, <laughs> maybe that's why the owl anthem uh, is uh, is there. It's, it's, you know, it's a metaphor for Dutch Mandela. So, and Bruce, you know, uh, Bruce was there in you know on the biggest stage of the mall for many, many years. So, uh, by the same token as with Dutch, you know, he's been there, he's seen it all, he's done it all. So he's got a good point of view of of what works and what doesn't work. But he seems to be really open in my in my um. And these brief dealings with him, these last tapings, he's really open to suggestion, talking back and forth. I didn't work with Bruce a lot in WWE, and we were talking about that this week. You know, my Hurricane character, I wasn't a guy that needed a lot of direction. You know, um, a lot of the stuff that the Hurricane did and the, the, the development of that character came from myself anyway. And I wasn't a guy that needed to be handheld or led along. You know, you kind of come to me with bullet points, and I would make promos my own, and I would make backstage segments my own. So I didn't have to – you know, a lot of characters <laughs> – 
even some of the most famous ones in WWE, WWF history, and, and TNA for that matter, WCW for that matter. You know, some of those characters have to be walked along like like little kids to get where you want them to be. I, I never really ne- needed that stuff. So, you know, I, we didn't do a lot of work together. Um, I got a good Bruce story if you want to hear it, though. Of course. I was, and, and stop me if I told you this one before, but um, I was in a limousine with Bruce and uh, Vince McMahon. Oh, this boy. was during the... Uh, Kane, it was the during the uh, feud of Kane and Triple H, which some of you might know as the Katie Vick, <laughs> oh, Katie no. Vick Angle era. Terror should be called Terror. And uh, so we were doing this uh, skit where there's going to be a gentleman laying on a hospital bed with a Triple H mask on, and there were going to be objects poured out of his ass. This sounds familiar. With the last object being Triple H's head, the joke being that his own head that his head is up his own ass. Okay. Now, for some reason, that has to be me on that table with this Triple H mask on. <laughs> you know, because I was teaming with Kane around this time. You know, uh, we either were the tag team champions or we had, you know, shortly thereafter, we'd, we'd already lost them. But uh, I was still kind of married to Kane at this point. And so it needs to be me on this hospital bed with a Triple H mask and the uh, story being things are being poured out of my ass. Yeah. Yay, wrestling, right? So uh-huh. not only was that put on the back burner. It was brought back for a Jim Ross storyline years later. So they kept, they saved that one. <laughs> and they yeah. were like, they were like, Ooh, that's a good one. Let's save it for a rainy day. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, we're in the, uh, I, I think about that storyline sometimes. And I was like, I remember my amateur career and I'm like, I got 22 gold medals. And now I'm going to be on this hospital bed. Having objects yanked out of my ass, but um, oh my god, you're a top merch seller around this point, and you're having merchandise pulled out of your ass. Well, they weren't really up there. Let me go ahead and just clarify. There's nothing actually there. So anyway, we're in the limousine and um, going to the location, uh, you know, because Vince wants to oversee this. He's going to direct it, and Bruce is there uh, producing. So, um, and in that limousine, Bruce is trying to sell Vince McMahon on John Cena. Oh, yeah. So uh, he's trying to tell him about the freestyle, you know, how he's a freestyle rapper, how he's got all this energy, how good he is. And Vince is like, what do you mean he raps? <laughs> and I remember the shit like it was yesterday. What do you mean he raps? <laughs> oh, like, my raps. gosh. Just what I said. And Vince looked at me like not necessarily for my approval. You know, I would just happen to be the other guy in the fucking car. And he looked at me and I was like, in, it's like, yeah, you know, I said, well, that's the kind of music I grew up on. And, you know, he's, he's really good, you know, uh, especially like if, if you understand how difficult freestyling is and how good Cena really is at it, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty damn oh, impressive. Yeah. So, um, so that was just a pretty little interesting tidbit of the business that, you know, I happened to be in the car when Bruce is trying to sell John Cena, who were going to become the biggest, you know, one of the biggest acts ever in, in the entire industry to Vince and Vince just, had no fucking idea what he was talking about. What do you mean he raps? Who are some rappers Vince McMahon knows? Maybe the Sugar Hill Gang? I, I doubt any. You know, maybe maybe <laughs> Run DMC. Didn't he appear on uh, Run DMC? Yeah. Snoop Dogg? Anybody I, I would, that's appeared on WrestleMania, he probably knows. Kid Rock. I would sure. say somehow in 2002, he and Kevin Dunn knew who Flo Rida is because they can't get him off the fucking show at all. He's, he's going to be there at WrestleMania, too. Man. 
another question somebody had, did you hear anything about the possibility of running live events going on the road? Yeah, yeah, they're still pushing for that. Um, this new company is really being like a not that they're definitely not playing it safe because they're throwing money, you know, into pro wrestling and into any entertainment, which is never playing it safe. You know, the entertainment industry in all forms is always a risky venture. But you know, they're going about it with a more uh, surgical precision. You know, they're not going to just throw a bunch of money and see what the fuck happens. Um, they're smart businessmen, and uh, so I, I respect that. You know, uh, live events for the time being really don't concern myself because I'm not. You know, I'm yep. not sure I will be there unless they just uh, need an agent. You know, I did agent the last run of house shows that TNA did all by myself. I just showed up and I thought there would be another agent. They said, no, it's just you. And I go, oh, okay. Let's say, well, well, yeah, we'll obviously talk okay. about that during the, during a show where we talk about agenting. Cause I think that's a, that's an interesting story in its own doing that all by yourself. Yeah. I just knew there'd be somebody there to walk me through my first, you know, show, house show by myself. Nope. <laughs> It gave me a, I didn't even know who was on the show. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so that isn't something that I, I've actually inquired about too much. I've heard it mentioned, but, you know, uh, for the time being, I'm more focused on the TV product. Now I'll transition into this unfortunate situation for Impact in a more lighthearted manner. Is Rebby Hardy legally able to claim you on her taxes as she says she is? No, she took my joke and adopted snag my joke she bootlegged my joke because i said i'm gonna put them on my taxes because i'm trying to calm her ass down when she's about to lose it oh she but, lost um, it no of course uh, she is never really all there it, it's always this far away from losing it with with, with young rebecca or debbie sky as i like to call her but uh yeah the situation seems to be pretty calm down there it is what it is it happens so here we are is that is that awkward for you? I mean, those those are your buddies, and yeah, I'm sure uh, you try, you'd love you'd love your buddies to be working with you, but it doesn't always work out like that. Yeah, oh yeah, it's awkward. You know, I caught a little bit of that shrapnel heat, as they say in the business, the the guilt by association. Uh, but me, Matt, Jeff, you know, and throw Shannon in there. We're, we've all we always are connected. You know, if one of us fucks up, we're all guilty of it somehow. And you know, one of us does good. It kind of you know by the same token, we all get the credit for it. So. You know, that is what it is. I caught a little bit of the deal, got drug in the middle a little bit, but, um, you know, going by at these tapings, when, once I got to work, you know, it was kind of, it was what it was. Now let's get to work and, and make the best of, of the awkward situation. And th- that's what we did. I had to go get the fucking tag team belts. If you want a little bit of, uh, really for you there. Yeah. Uh, cause Matt's, we needed them for the table. Saying those are replicas that you all have. <laughs> oh, is it? No, they're the fucking real belts because I had to go get the motherfuckers. Um, yeah, so I was asked to go get them, and I was like, "What?" So you know, they don't—they're not going to keep the man belts. Yeah. Well, it wasn't awkward because like, man, Jeff didn't want the belts. I mean, they were not never going to keep them. You know, they're you know honest yeah. human beings. One, you can say what you want about all of us, but you can't say that we're thieves and shit. You know, no. Uh, so, it wasn't a problem of them actually like wanting to keep the belts or anything like that. It's just like we needed the belts and. I'm the closest one near them that's yeah. under TNA payroll. So it just happened to be that. And that, you know, they knew probably, I'm sure the office knew that if anybody could get them out of a situation, it would be me. And just went down there and they didn't give a shit. So I got to hang out with my buddies anyway. So that's no big deal for me. Just went yeah. and got them. But I didn't, I was supposed to ship them, but I didn't ship them. I just put them in my suitcase and took them to TV. 
Was that fun going through TSA with those? Fucking things. You got two of those belts, man. It's heavy as shit. So I'm about blowing my shoulder out, dragging them things to the airport. But uh, yeah, and you all, is. you all, you all will see why that would be a major concern soon enough. But because uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give away too much of the TV. You all got some interesting stuff coming up, though. I, I'm really excited to check it out. So there were rumors that apparently TNA chart. God damn, Impact. It's such a transition. Uh, tried to maybe get an extension to get them just to appear on TV to drop the titles or maybe wanted to add another year into the contract. Uh, were you surprised when the deal just didn't get done? Uh, I kind of always thought that it might get done, you know, it was like, cause I, I've seen this a million times in the business, you know, things, people go back and forth, back and forth. And then at the final hour, it gets put together. So, uh, you know, it, it was uh, it was a bit of a surprise to see that it fell through, but at the same time, it wasn't a surprise because I've seen it go both ways a million times. You know, in this business, two things happen with contracts: either there's a creative difference or there's a money difference. And it's ninety nine times out of a hundred, it's always those two things. You know, always just one of those two things, unless you just get fucking fired or something like that. You know, um, but it's either creative or money, and I, I don't get into details with my buddies' deals. I don't want to know anybody's money. I help people get bookings all the time. You know, I help my friends get, and even not, not my friends, if, you know, a promoter needs somebody else's contact, you know, I, I've gone out of my way to try to find contact for certain people. And it's like, well, what do you think he wants to get paid? I'm always like, listen, I don't know what the fuck they get. I don't want to know. And that's how you stay friends in this business. You know, I keep out of people's money, you know, stay out of mine. I'll stay out of yours. And that's how it is. So I don't know any details about anybody's contracts, but obviously somebody wasn't happy on one side. Maybe they weren't happy on both sides. I'm not sure exactly what the negotiation um, sequence of events was, but I knew somebody wasn't happy. And and like I said, I've, I've seen that happen a million times. So there wasn't a lot I was putting into it. You know, I was hoping that my friends, because they are, you know, some of my best friends would still be, would still be in that company. So, uh, that's where the main disappointment came from for me was that these are my buddies and, and I, you know, I've loved it and enjoyed working with him. So. I mean, Matt, Matt recommended it. you for the gig, didn't he? He was definitely one of the ones that spoke up, you know, the, the loudest for me. So, um, so yeah, you know, so it, it was, it was weird in that aspect that these are my buddies, but. Now like one, said, one I, of the people, one of the people I spoke to backstage said that they thought that TNA did a, or, God damn it. They thought that Impact did a good job with uh, how they handled that situation financially because the, the thought was, well, they're saving a lot of money by not having the Hardys and Drew Galloway, but they brought in like 10, 15 new guys, basically a reallocation sort of deal. Uh, what did you think about all the new faces? How did they settle in uh, at the Impact tapings? How the, the new face, everybody, seen, everybody was really happy there. So, you know, it's always been a good atmosphere at TNA. And I've said that time and time again when that, when I was the one, the first one out of that whole roster to go to task over this bad morale bullshit that kept being put out. You know, I was the one that attacked everybody. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. I don't want to hear about your backstage sources or who your unnamed sources or all that shit. Because I got a name and it's Shane Helms. And I'm telling you, that's the one area in all of the company where everything's fine. You know, the the talent is fine. I mean, you might have one person here and there that's upset because they're not the fucking world champion. But that is what it is. You know, as far as just the overall general mood and feeling, you know, I mean, that's the one area in all of that company that there never was a problem, you know, uh, since, since I've been there. You know, go back to years before me and I can't yeah. I don't have anything to do with that shit. 
But, uh, you know, a lot of new faces, so every, everybody was pretty happy. You know, if I'm being fully honest, like that first day, there was like some weird, a weird vibe because of, of the guys that we lost. And what, what does this mean going forward? But once we got in the meat of the tapings, man, everybody's working and they see that the, the stories are good and the energy was back up. And you got young kids out there and they're just busting their ass. They were, they don't know what the hell any of the, you know, none of the uh, changes affected them anyway. They're just there to get jobs, you know. So it, it was good. It was good to see young people trying to, to, to get jobs. You know, we had a couple misses, but um, so most of the new people that we brought in, man, are the, there's a there's a there's a bright upside to this. There's young kids. I I feel weird saying young kids. I don't feel that old, but they are kids compared to me. So everybody I spoke to were really happy about the shorter tapings too. What does it say to you that they're that this regime is willing to do tapings more often and shorter? Well, uh, I think we answered that last week, but you know I'll I'll, yeah. I'll rehash that. But I, it's better for the talent. You know, it keeps the energy up when you're not. You know. I mean, long tours are exhausting. That's no, you know, that would be anybody would tell you that, but it's exhausting for the fans as well, you know, because a lot of the fans from that impact zone, you know, are, are the regulars, you know, and mm-hmm. we do eight or nine, 10 days. By that 10th day, they're just as exhausted as we are, maybe not physically, but mentally. And the energy that you have inside your body to yell and scream, I mean, you just get tired, fatigue sets in. And when the audience fatigue, Man, that's worse than, you know, actual performer in fatigue because you want that energy. It's, you know, pro wrestling is a very symbiotic relationship with, with its audience. You know, there's a give and take on the energy. You know, we give to you and you give to us, and that makes an overall better product. So if one side of, of that relationship doesn't have the energy, and much less if even both doesn't have it, you know, that, yeah. could, lead to, uh, that could lead to some dull moments. But So I, I like the shorter tapings. You know, it'll be more money-wise, production-wise, but – you know, obviously travel expenses. I guess the hotel will be about the same, but um, you know, it seemed it seemed to have a better you know better vibe. You know, kept the energy up alive. Impact needs to start putting these people in some Airbnbs, save some money. Uh, also, people don't realize how many crew members are on Impact just because they don't see them. I mean, that's that's a thing that's often lost in translation. I mean, a lot of people just assume that every pro wrestler is is an only child because you don't see their brother and their sister on TV all the damn time. Like I, I, there was an impact photo that was posted. You know, there's 60, 70 different crew members there for these tapings. So there's, there's a lot of them that may face fatigue after seven, eight, nine days in a row too. No doubt. Was there any mentions of running anything outside of Orlando at these tapings? Yeah, there's still stuff being mentioned. You know, the UK, uh, our UK TV situation is uh, is resolved. So uh, there was there was a mentioning of, of tours international coming up more. Uh, India is still on the table. They want to keep that relationship with Sony Six pretty strong. So there's definitely uh, more and more talks about going uh, out, out of Orlando. I wouldn't mind going back to where we did those tapings in um, Bethlehem, PA. You know, I really like that area. I like that venue. I didn't like all the, uh, you know, in the casino it was a damn smoke fest. You know, evidently uh, they didn't get the ca- they didn't get the cancer memo that came out forty fucking years ago. So, um, but the venue itself I really liked. So I like, I just like going to different places anyway. Give new fans a chance to see us, and that kind of fights that audience fatigue that I spoke of earlier. There's a big report that came out that Scott Fishman was there, which I know he's been there before, and Jeff Jarrett's friends with him. 
when I asked about this, I was told more importantly, they want to make impact wants to make sure they're on HD everywhere. Like they're not on HD for direct TV, which is weird to me that direct TV wouldn't cover or carry anything in HD, much less something like this. Uh, of course, any wrestling company would like to be on a spike, which will be paramount next year. What do you think of the TV situation? I mean, I know you don't want to say anything like call the head of a company a dummy in an email, but what, what do you think of the TV situation there? I mean, I'm not exactly certain how many people get pop and how many don't. I mean, obviously, it's still a, a little bit more difficult to find than what Spike is, you know, but um, if you're going to go that route, you're going to start comparing it to USA and all those other channels, you know, it, yeah. is, a, it is a younger uh, network. But as long as, as Pop's involved, you know, I mean, I, I'm fine with that. I'm not in on any of those conversations whatsoever. We always want more eyes on the product. So anytime you can get more eyes on the product, obviously that's a goal. Um, HD, you know, of, of course, to have it look better should always be a goal as well. So um, I got to imagine, you know, that that's where everybody wants to be. Everybody wants the product to look the best and they want the most eyes on the product, no matter what the case is. I think Ring of Honor has a pretty nice approach to it, but I mean, their situation is much, much different because they are owned by a broadcasting company. They put their program on online, like maybe a week after it airs. Now, WWE can't even put their TV or their TV show on air on the network for like 30 days. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of issues with TNA doing that as well. But um, you know what makes me sad? All this Spike talk. I miss the glory days of Spike. And you were on Spike during the glory days of Spike. Remember that MXC show? Slam ball. MXC with – they would dub over the Japanese game show where they oh, would just yeah. – yeah. <laughs> Guy LaDouche was his name. Yeah, there was a there was one. I remember one of those. One of the girls came out and she did this thing, and it looked exactly like how Trish Stratus' entrance used to be. Yeah. And then, but the voiceover goes, "I like hot dogs." And so every time Trish yes. Stratus came out from that point on, I would just when I would see it, I would go, "I like hot dogs." Yes, so that was some- classic. They had slam ball yeah. pros versus Joes. Uh, they had the robot wars stuff. They had the Joe Schmo show. That was great. They had some good stuff. They really attacked that 18 to 34 male demographic back then. I miss those days. In spite rebranding, and isn't isn't it gonna call itself something? Paramount, yes. I created a, what, a comic character named Paramount one time. Did you? Yep. I guess everybody's bootlegging now. Is that what you would say? Is that what you'd say everybody's fucking bootlegging now? No, I don't think there's been another superhero named Paramount. You don't really have a grasp of what that word means, do you? I know what it means. Dummy. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm, I love that guy. I love that guy. I, I did that for a solid week after the first time I saw it on TV. And my wife, my wife was like, God damn it. Um, I kept doing shit. no job to Karen. And she don't know what it means <laughs> at all. And anytime she wants me to do something in the house, I just go no job. And she's like, what? And then oh. I, like, I, do, I do it real quickly before she hits me with a chair. But just See, the things that I'll bring up to my wife, like, it won't be stuff that she sees on TV. Like, I'm not going to go out, well, except for the dummy, yeah. But I'm not going to be like, my name is Enzo Amore. I'm always saying, like, are you going to get those gimmicks that come in the mail that they call bills? Or if she says something, I don't have a response. It's, well, you know, one of those. Yeah. Like, one of those. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Paramount, yeah. So I talked to some people in Bellator, and initially some of those people were a little worried. They're like, well, shit, we don't know if we're going to find a home here, even though they're owned by Viacom. So that made me wonder well, what could be the future of pro wrestling. But apparently they, they still have plans for Bellator, which is good news for other things in that 18 to 34 male demographic. You never know. They could have turned that shit into the Oxygen Network or something like that and just had Killer Wives or some show like that on there. Yeah, we don't have enough shows like that. I don't know. With the direction of this Laurel Van Ness character, you might have fit on Oxygen. I heard that she had – I heard that she, like, was fantastic at these tapings. Yeah, she's going through some things. It's all, it's almost scary how good she is at this character because that's one of those things yeah. whenever you see somebody just playing a raging psychopath – you always wonder, hmm, where are they channeling this from? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's not like they did any method acting to to get here. I wouldn't imagine so, but yeah, she's doing really great. So, well, I'm particularly happy to see this because she got a bit of a negative reputation. Really, no fault of her own when she was involved in that. I think it was the Daniel Bryan Stephanie McMahon storyline, and that was just bad shit she had to do. Like it was I terrible. Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even know that was her. It was, yeah, it was a cameo like years ago. And then she was on Tough Enough and Daniel Bryan brought it up. He was I like, you no tried idea. to ruin my relationship on TV. I have no idea what you've been talking about. Oh, yeah, I'll have to send it to you. But I heard she was phenomenal at these tapings. I'll tell you a funny now, story. Not- when, I, when I first saw her in uh, – was that actually at those Bethlehem tapings I spoke of before. You know, I'm never like quite sure when I meet somebody if I've met them before because I do with so many indie shows, you know, and – and I meet so many people, and I just it's impossible for me at this point to remember every every person I meet. So a lot of times I go, have we met before? You know, and just being courteous, you know, so I don't have to pretend I know who the fuck they are. Because when they start talking to me, and like I can tell I've met them before, but I don't know where. Sometimes I do try to just kind of go along with it. And I'm hoping out of the context of what they say, I can pick it apart and, and puzzle it together and figure out where I know them from. But sometimes I'll just be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But uh, this girl, you know, I said, have we met before? And she goes, your face looks familiar. <laughs> what the hell and else so is going to look familiar? So I knew she, uh, well, that was the thing. Like, she's you're supposed to be this longtime wrestling fan. I'm like, my face looks familiar. Really? I've only been on TV for 15 years. Thanks for watching. So I immediately had to text uh, Lance. Like, uh, here's what she said. And of course, he popped huge. And Lance Storm, I mean, he trained us so. Yeah, uh, it is a big funny thing now, but yeah, your face looks familiar. And I just go, does it now? Like, I never get mad at that. Some guys, some guys try to like create a weird situation like that, but I never get mad. It kind of keeps me grounded. Guys, I'll be talking about a lot more of this stuff as it unfolds on TV because I don't want to spoil the show that's going to air every weekly. So me and Shane are going to make this like talking about some of the moves, like probably a regular thing. Now, I'm not giving anything that Ed Nordholm didn't put on his Twitter. Yeah. Alberto yeah. L. Patron is in TNA. Or Impact, yeah, yeah, son yeah. of a no. bitch! Look at you. It up. 
See, this is this is some really bad reporting right here from Sean. It is. I, it, I was told he was quote quote a joy to deal with backstage. Yeah, it was great, man. It was happy, good mood. Uh, you know, and uh, giving advice to some of the young guys that came back um, after matches and stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, he was a he was a pleasure to work with, and I, I'm really glad we got him. I've wanted him to be there for a while. You know, uh, he's he's just man. He's kind of got it all. He's got the look. He's got the charisma, the energy. He's got a presence about him that you know this guy's a big deal. And so, uh, yeah, we we really looked out. That was one of those deals where he came in uh, and filled the spot that was supposed to be by Drew Galloway. There were a couple other names that were thrown out in the mix, but we ended up with the best possible scenario in uh, getting ADR and ended up being a blessing in disguise. You mean AEP? Oh, yeah, AEP, sorry. He was all he was ADP Alberto. for a second until you all fixed the, the Titantron thing. It came up as Alberto De Patron. It did? <laughs> yeah, and then they fixed it immediately. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was happy to see that. He's... Like, you put him in there with Bobby Lashley. I mean, this guy has a shoot background, too. He competed mm-hmm. in MMA for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, like, say you all bring in a Josh Barnett or somebody like that. This is a guy who can hang with that style. He He's so good at adapting to styles. I mean, he's yeah. always been good at that. And I think it makes, you know, rest pro wrestling look good when you got guys that can actually kick people's ass as opposed yeah. to, you know, a bunch of you know, backyard bullshit that can't really beat nobody up. So we got guys that are legitimate athletes, and not the not the same athletes, but just legitimate badasses and tough guys. You know, I, I think that helps. You know, they really don't have to really put on a facade at that point because you know you got Bobby Lashley, Alberto, or Josh. Uh, you know, Drew Galloway's a guy in there too. That these guys could you know be ninety percent. Oh, I mean, of Matt Riddle. Them. Matt Riddle told me that like Trevor Lee has rolled with him before. Like they they've grappled before before like shows start. So I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're starting to see this really, really become like it. I love that the marriage is coming back with that. You all ran a Bellator versus UFC fighter last week. Yeah. So I mean, where else are you going to see that? That's I thought that you, was you want it, you want unpredictability. There's only one place to find it. Yeah, I mean it, that's that's why it, that does bother me if I see somebody say, "Well, the show's predictable," but they read the spoilers. Well, don't read the spoilers. Unfortunately, I have to. If I if I could avoid all spoilers, I I would love to. But what else we got here? Oh, ODB's back. That was in an Ed Nordholm picture too. That mm-hmm. guy gives me lots of material to talk about this week. Oh yeah. ODB obviously a, a pal of Jeff Jarrett, but she was at the deletion tapings too. Yeah, yeah, she's a girl that uh, I, I think she's always in the conversation of when we talk about bringing uh, back you know past girls or using different girls or whatever for those one night only all knockout pay per views. Her name's just always in the mix, and she's always exciting, and fans always love her. You know, no matter how long she's there or how long she's away, when she comes back, they take to her just like as if she's never left. So, um, and she's a fun human being to hang around with too, man. She's a, she's the ODB. Did she bring her food truck? I think it was down there because I think she's getting ready for something like maybe bike Daytona Bike Week or some shit. She's uh, oh. she's probably just staying down there. Yeah, she loves that man. She just seems like one of these nomadic personalities that just like like came from kung fu. She just wanders the earth and she's happy as hell doing what she wants yeah. to do. It's definitely not the uh, leave it to Beaver white picket fence uh, situation <laughs> with her. You know, she's doing her own thing and that that's pretty cool to me. I respect that. 
crazy to think she got passed up on tough enough. Like looking back, like she was, she was there. There are so many people that got like Davari that got passed up. Like just awesome. Kong got overlooked on tough enough. There are a lot of names. I have, I have like no recollection of tough. I like, I never really, really gave a shit about tough enough. So I have anytime you're talking about, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I went back and watched them when they added them to the network and it's, you'll see a lot of them in submission videos and then some yeah. of them would make like the final 40. And then you find like, I, I Wikipedia this and I would just see names and names and names that they forgot. And I was like, but you all got that Daryl guy whose balls were hanging out of his shorts and triple H had to be like, by the way, big guy, your nuts fell out of your shorts when you took that bump. Why did okay. you say you guys got that guy with his balls hanging out? WWE at the time. You, it was you, you, you hired everybody. Yeah. I, I went in on the uh, ball hanging out process. Speaking of, John Gaborik had his role switched a little bit. Uh, did you see a lot of that at the at the tapings? Did a lot of people have like some new roles? No, I don't know. You know, it was kind of business as usual. You know, we had a couple more people in the creative meeting. Scott Demore, um, obviously Jeff and Dutch being in there was th- three people. Uh, Bruce uh, was joining in on the post show um, meetings. And stuff, and actually, I, I, yeah, he was on the uh, the pre-show meetings too because he sat behind me. So, a uh, little bit more people in, in, in the creative, and as long as they're good ideas, you know, I had this talk with one with one of the guys. It's like, you know, sometimes you can have too many chefs in the kitchen, and I get what he's saying, but if, if they're all good ideas, I, I never see a process. That I never see a problem with that. You know, if you, you can never have too many good ideas. Um, you just got to have somebody that's willing to do the work to sh- to to go through them all. You know, uh, sure. when, some, when somebody says that, that whole thing about having too many chefs in the kitchen, sometimes it's just this person doesn't want to do the work and find the good idea. They don't want to listen to all these different ideas because that takes time. That's consuming and they want to rush and do a rush job. But if you're getting a lot of good ideas, man, I, I would consider that a blessing. And that's the way I look at it. So, you know, some of those meetings, those post-show meetings went a couple hours into the night, you know, and into the early morning and, and, it really wore the agents out and creative out, man. But the, the next day it was well worth it because we put together some really good shit and it was because of that. So, um, you know, talking to Jeff on that last night, I said, man, I said, it might be, said, that was a good idea. It worked for me. I, I can put the time in, I can do the work. So um, you're not going to hear any complaints from me. Few people weren't at the tapings. I was told Aaron Rex was off filming a movie. Robbie E was in Japan, but Grado, Jesse Goddard, Aiden O'Shea, anything like, they still with the company those last three as far as i know you know i don't know uh, i didn't hear anything about those guys not being with the company so the only ones i know that they're on with the company are hardy's drew galloway mike and maria bennett and uh jade jade yeah so 50 shades of jay what do you think of mike and maria being gone uh fuck them no, not fuck him. I like him. You know, I like Mike Bennett a lot. I was, uh, you know, tried my best to help him as much as I could up there. You know, we had a lot of a couple pep talks uh, when um, they were frustrated about things. So uh, I helped him out when I could. You know, and, uh, at the end of the day, it's up to them. You know, it's their life, their families. And so it, they got to make the decision that's best for them, whether whether I'm cool with it or not. You know, uh, I was kind of more upset at little Mandrews because we had just turned his ass heel. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the resolution to that story. And he bounced on us. Now, I wish he yeah. would have stuck around and just finished that little story. And then, but at the same time, I wanted him to have the opportunity that that he got. Uh, 
with that UK tournament. So I understood that. But um, Mike and Maria, it, it is what it is. It's the same thing. You see the creative differences and money differences. And if they're not happy there and they got opportunities elsewhere, then, you know, that's their decision at the end of the day to make. You all had a had several people from the Monster Factory. Is that somewhere that you all like just actively said, "Hey, let's bring in several people from there"? I mean, we they produced some pretty good talent, but uh, I noticed in particular, without naming names, there were several guys from there. Several? How many? I think three. I don't know if one was even on TV though. I knew of two. I didn't know how many. I don't know what you meant by several. I don't know if. I don't know if QT Marshall was on TV or not. I'm not even sure that is. But, uh, I mean, I don't know that has anything uh, that would be negative about the Monster Factory. I don't think uh, there's anything to say about them right now. So, uh, uh, just always, I mean, you should always be looking for a new talent. You should always be looking for new stars. And everybody that I saw that came out of there did did really well. So, uh, if that's the place to go, then, then, then I'm fine with wherever it comes from. Also, uh, there's the crash deal now. How do you think that will affect the X Division? How will it affect the uh, – I can't see anything negative coming out of that. You know, if we can get some uh, of those luchadors to, to jump back in there. But at the same time, I don't want the luchadors to just be regulated to the X Division, you know, because you see the X Division style in tag team wrestling now. You see it in the heavyweight division. It has nothing to do with that division anymore. That's my biggest problem with, with, with that you know, just that stereotypical is a style thing. That doesn't make any fucking sense to me whatsoever anymore. It doesn't exist. Uh, so so what, I, what would you what would you do to define the X Division? Or do you want to define the X Division? Because the, the thing used to be no limits. No limits, no limits, all that. But now, like you, you mentioned doesn't even make before. no fucking sense. That still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean, no limits? That's what pro yeah. wrestling is. Pro wrestling is amateur wrestling without the limits. So what the fuck does this X Division yeah. thing mean? That's what drives me crazy about it. That, that's just a bumper sticker. It's not about, you know, working weight limits. It's about no limits. That's just a fucking bumper sticker that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you know, what does it – it's just bad. Like if you take any kind of writing classes, and I have, that's you, you get an F for this assignment to explain what this fucking division means. Because nobody can. This, it's just bad writing to say it's a style. That's weak. That's a shortcut. It's a cop-out. You know, I got a couple ideas, and I don't want to say what they are but, because I might spoil them if they take one. And there's one that's kind of at the forefront that that um, that they might bite on. And so I don't want to give that away. But we just got to give it an identity, you know. And it isn't about just the guys that can do a fucking moonsault. That doesn't mean anything to me. You know, that doesn't mean that you're the greatest wrestler in the world because you can do a fucking moonsault that has nothing to do with anything. But to your point about the crash, any guy that's talented, you know, I don't care where, what promotion he comes from. If he's talented, he can help uh, impact out, then I'm all for it, you know. Moose said on Twitter that he is willing to defend his grand championship anywhere. What do you think about that? Good. Good for him. I think it's a good idea to raise the profile and maybe get over that kind of match that you don't see anywhere else. Yeah, but that's the thing he's got to do. There's there's three rounds though. He's got to do them like that everywhere he goes, and have judges. So now these now these companies gonna have to get judges. And who are these judges? What what are their criteria? What's the qualifications? That's what I I hope you all emulate the Woodley Wonder Boy rematch on TV. Hey, I picked Woodley, but it sounds like he really didn't win that fight. UFC's uh UFC had a couple bad pay per views. 
Well, a couple oh, bad let's, shows. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit. You didn't get to see it, did you? You were at the tapings. No, I was at the tapings and very oh, disappointed man. in Khabib. You know, talking to Conan, he was there. You know, we talk about MMA a lot. Heartbreaking. Yeah. I don't know if I was, my, I was heartbroken, but I was. I was. I, went, that, that, I, I was, I was looking forward to that about as much as any lightweight fight that I think I've ever looked forward to in my life. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I was just wondering where they're going with this forward, though, because you can't punish Ferguson. It's not his fucking fault. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard one of, you know, that they had a couple other fights possibly lined up for him that just aren't in line of where, what his trajectory should be. You know, they tried they, to pay him less and pay him less. Yeah. I mean, he definitely I mean, he doesn't get a win for this fight, but it definitely shouldn't be an L for him. You know, he, he's the one moving forward. He made weight. He was there. He was ready to go. You know, Khabib is the one that had to forfeit, not him. Becky Lynch's boyfriend put an ass whooping on Yuri Alcantara and then got knee barred out of nowhere. It's a shame. They showed her on TV, too. That was kind of Must not have been that good of an ass whooping then. He, like, he put the pain on him. It was an all-time – well, not an all-time. It was probably – it was probably comeback of the year until the fight yeah. right after that. Was it and Anderson there was, Silva, Shell uh, Soning level of a comeback? It was – like, if you saw it, I'd have to see how many strikes he landed. He was – like the ground and pound on this show, we saw some beautiful ground and pound on this show, but he was really putting the pain on Yuri Alcantara. But as soon as he was very smart about it too, he saw as soon as Alcantara got hips down on that knee bar, and he he had him at the ankle, not at the knee, where where a lot of people do. As soon as he went hips down, Luke Sanders is like, "Get me out of here! I want to fight again in three or four months." Oh, good, good. Well, that's smart. I Luke seen Sanders good. landed 94 significant strikes to Alcantara's 23. That sounds pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't seen oh, a good man. knee bar in a while, though. i got to watch that. It was, it was really good. It was up until that main event. The show was pretty damn good. And then they yeah. stared at each other for 24 minutes. And then Woodley put the pain on him for about a minute. And then. Did you see Dana's <sighs> promo about people that I think they deserve big fights and big pay-per-view fights? What do you think about you that? See that? Yeah. yeah. Shut the fuck up. That's basically what he's telling everybody. So that's pretty funny. He says, he says everybody wants a money fight. You're not a money fight. Yeah. That was great. So, uh, yeah, uh, Tyrone's got all the potential in the world, man, to be, you know, he's a, uh, I don't know. He's boring to hear talk. Sometimes he's boring to watch fights. So, well, let me tell you, if you don't like that fight, you're probably a racist. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. I, I am racist against boring fighters. <laughs> so uh, GSP's back, and he's booked against Michael Bisping. What do you think about that booking? And and after he beats Michael Bisping, what do you think of when they pass Yoel Romero again and book GSP against Anderson Silva? This is, man, this is pro wrestling 101. I mean, it is what it is. You know, uh, has, has he ever fought at middleweight ever? Never. And so he's getting a shot after a five-year layoff at the middleweight championship? Not not only that, he's talked more over the past couple of years about fighting at 155. It'll be interesting. Uh, it'll sure be interesting will. to see if he could uh, hold Bisbing down, if he can out-wrestle Bisbing. And uh, Bisbing can throw them hands too, you know, so um, – St. Pierre's been knocked out by smaller people than Michael Bisping. So Bisping could definitely end it. You know, if it's in Montreal, is that where it is? No, I think it's going to be in Vegas. Well, they they don't Uh have anything set. They don't have anything set. What happened is 
GSP entered himself into the USADA testing pool like in November when he was trying to make a comeback. Now, the deal is Mm -hmm. he would have had the Brock Lesnar treatment. All these people are like, Brock had special treatment. No, what the situation was is the UFC had to treat him as if he were a brand new fighter because he never has contractually agreed to, yeah, I'm submitting my or subjecting myself to USADA testing. George Uh was the same way. So he entered himself in because he wanted to do it the right way. He didn't want to do it the way that they did. But here's the thing. When he when negotiations looked bad, he said, well, I'm tired of telling them where I am every day. If this deal's not going to happen, I'm pulling myself out of the pool. When you pull yourself out of the pool, that's like you're retiring. So he had to reset the entire process. So now he does have to wait four months. Gotcha, gotcha. Because it came out at first. I thought I heard something when he might fight Nick Diaz in Montreal. And that was yeah. that would have been pretty hot too. So only him people that really want to fight are people that beat them already. Yeah. So so all the all the fans complaining about the Goldberg or complaining about uh, Josh Barnett walking in and getting a shot. See, this is real life, man. This is this shit yeah. really happens in real life. Get what you can take. Suck it. Yep. I, Suck I'm it, you, man. You get, you get what you can take. And if you're better at something naturally than than somebody who's worked forever, I mean, shit. That's just yeah. how it is. Yeah. Hey, was Paige backstage with Alberto? Yep. Neat. Neat. What you got going on? You got a lot of shit going on, man. Every fucking thing in the world. It all comes out of nowhere sometimes too. Like sometimes you just have a kind of, you know, not not that I ever have not that I ever don't have anything going on. I've always got something going on. But here lately I've been bombarded with with, with a lot of stuff. But it's pretty exciting, you know. Uh I like working. Um I like staying busy. Uh, I hate that fucking treadmill. I got to be honest with you, though. But I'm on it every day, <laughs> twice a day, sometimes, sometimes three times a day. Damn. So it is. It is what it is. I got back in the ring for the first time in a while. First time since. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything, but you just you revealed almost, it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, that fucking shit hurts. How'd you? <laughs> how'd you feel? Well, you said it hurts. <laughs> how did it? I feel like a fucking old man that hadn't been in the ring in 10 months is what I felt like. You know, I mean, but I, I've done spots with them, you know, with TNA. Well, I mean, they're getting bumped around and stuff like that before, so it's not like I haven't bumped or anything. Um, it was just, a, you know, I'm, I'm just really fucking good at this shit, Sean Sapp. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I'm just I good. Know, I, I mean, just well, we're good, not going to have you on here if you're shitty at it, at, at wrestling, you know. It's not what we do. You know, but still, no matter who you are, there's always that thought in your head. What if I get out there and I just can't fucking rock and roll no more? So, uh, but uh, apparently it turned out okay, and uh, we'll, we'll see if it leads to anything else. But uh, I, I said time and time again, uh, I'm not opposed to just standing in the background and letting the young guys get the get you know get the shine on a little bit. So, um, if we got something good and I can continue to rock and roll, I'm not opposed. But uh, I, I like being the manager. You know, I like. <laughs> I like I like going to bed. Like at being night a scumbag on TV. Yeah, that's not hard for me at all. I like not hurting, but um, I, but at the same time, I had fun out there, you know. And uh, I've been thinking about it ever since I got home. Uh, and I got some matches coming up and um, starting not not this weekend, but next weekend. I'm starting back heavy in the ring again. So uh, enough downtime, you know. I, I took the last half of the year off last year after Iraq and stuff like that. Just had a lot going on with the moves from you know. Uh, we talked about this. I bought a new home for myself, bought a new home for my father. So getting everybody all settled in and stuff like that. And it just took a while. Um, spending some time with the kids and the family and all that. 
Man, we was out in the garden planting gardens and shit. I don't know if you know that, but that is fucking work. That is some bullshit yeah. too. Yeah. It ain't, you ain't just Build going a walkway right now. It sucks. It ain't just dropping seeds every fucking now and then. You got to do all kinds of bullshit. So, uh, you know, did that <laughs> a couple hours of that, and I was fucking done for that day. But uh, everything's great, man. Well, I got no complaints. You seem unusually lighthearted this week. When am I ever not lighthearted? Shit. <laughs> Shit. When am so I, this, I, this I will only be... ever yelled at you one time, and that was about the good hand comment. Yeah? Speak, and you day. said Jim Ross could say that. Jim Ross, yeah, Jim. I think uh, it was it was off the record, but he said, "You know, you know what, Sean? You can use that term. You can use that term. I think you're the greatest wrestling journalist ever. You can use that term." I'm gonna say 100. percent that is not true. Any of it. Uh, you're actually right. You're actually right. This will be your first nationally televised match since when? Were 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 some of them from Lucha Libre USA nationally televised? Yeah, yeah, it was on MTV too. Yeah. So since then, that's been several years, right? And MTV2 goes all over the world. So, uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so, so just two years. Man. As far as being an actual competitor, I've definitely got in there and got her coronered by Gabby, Raquel, whatever her name was. You know, yeah. have the Mex Division guys jumping, jumping all over my head and shit. So. <laughs> now if we could just get you out of that Inoki contract. Yeah, I just uh, can't get out of that. <laughs> I'm not even going to be able to work with Noah, I don't think. I got that uh, lifetime deal with IGF. You should maybe talk to Josh about that. He, Anoki loves him. Uh, I'm sure he might. <laughs> Anything you want to let the people know before we go? Uh, just keep watching uh, Keep watching Impact Wrestling, not TNA, on Pop TV. Damn right. Thursday nights, 8 o'clock. Um, and I want to say this, too. I got to say this. Because everybody jokes about that damn soap opera show that comes on before Impact. Shit's Creek? I was try- no, no, no. That comes on after. Shit's Creek's a good show. It's an actual soap opera, yeah. like fucking Days of Our Lives or something like that. I don't oh, know yeah. what it is. But, um, you know, some some of those hardcore wrestling fans joke joke about that. And so I was watching, you know, watching SmackDown. Um, this is Wednesday, so last night, watching Randy and AJ. That was a good-ass match. That Chris Lee Knows Best show is the worst fucking thing. It's terrible. Ever- and it, I, I dislike the commercial so much, it makes me not even want to watch the show. Like I say, like, if I see this motherfucker come up on this screen one more time, I am just done. And so I don't what want to hear I no hate- complaints about anything on pop TV as long as Chris Lee knows fucking best is on USA. I don't want to hear nothing. I'm, I'm laying the gauntlet down, Sean Sapp. I don't want to hear shit about shit as long as Chris Lee knows best is on my TV. Oh, it's you trash. Understand? I hate it. I hate, I hate the inference that they, they put in all the commercials, like, is he really gay? Is he not gay? All that stuff. And he's on there saying, I, I don't care if he's raining yeah. dicks. He's not funny and he's annoying as shit to me. Exactly. That, that's what they build this on. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about it. I don't care. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's so terrible. I change my, I change the channel while I'm doing my podcast when it comes on. I mean, hey, people want to trash what came on before. For years before Raw, I had to watch the very confusing last four minutes of Murder, She Wrote. Like, yeah. And I never knew what the fuck was going on. I just know I that was, this little woman's a serial killer because everywhere she goes, somebody's getting killed. It was really her the entire time. It See, was I, her. 
I believe that too. I remember in WCW with the uh, standards and practices people in that last year, we couldn't show blood of any kind. Like somebody got their fucking head, you know, like I, I broke my nose on TV and they had to zoom the camera out and this weird shit. But as soon as it went off the air, it'd be like a Rambo marathon where like a hundred people got murdered in the first 30 minutes. Like that was okay. But somebody getting their nose busted on Monday Night Nitro or Thunder, we can't have that shit. But this, this combat this, used to air after Nitro. This murder shit, that's all right. Yeah. TV is somebody, weird. Somebody removing a spine through another guy's asshole is okay on Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but. Now, is that any weirder than Triple H's head coming out of his own ass by another guy on the table uh, who's not even him? You're the one who didn't want to do it, right? No, no I didn't say I never wanted to do it. I just thought oh, it was odd. No. It was odd play. It was an odd thing to do. But I was going, if I got a mask on and I wear a mask, <laughs> are they even going to know it's me? Like, if they don't know it's me, then why the fuck is it me? It could just be anybody. And I was going, I'm oh, I got the worst. I can't do impressions anyway, so. Well, if suicide is on Impact Wrestling getting stuff pulled out of his ass, we're going to know who cooked up the idea. Guys, follow at Fightful Wrestle, at Fightful MMA, at Fightful Online. The show will move back to Fridays. Uh, Moving forward, we will be talking about some of the new things that are happening on Impact Wrestling, and we will have a topic-driven show. We'll talk about Shane's WrestleMania experiences as we get closer to WrestleMania. Shane, anything else to tell the people before we GTFO? No, nah, man, that's it. Just keep watching Impact. Stick with at Shane Helmscom. Cross-platform. I've been told my Instagram is the greatest Instagram account of all time. Uh, just so you know. Uh, Pretty good. I like I do come up with some stupid-ass shit, and I make most of my memes. Most yeah. of my memes, yeah. My memes, as the disco inferno dumbass likes to call them. Um, so, yeah, that's it, man. That's all I got. That's all I got for this evening, except for my Dawn of the Shred t-shirt, which we forgot to acknowledge in the beginning. You see that shit? Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. Every week, an awesome T-shirt. And you, you got a Kevin Nash shirt on this week. There you go. Boom. Oh, hey, here's another one. <laughs> here's another one. Did Alberto you, you Del Rio was... fight a ninja? Did Alberto Del Rio fight a Ninja Turtle backstage? There were no Ninja Turtles harmed in the filming of these Impact tapings. Listen, wrestling and Ninja Turtles are married at this point. I mean, you got Sheamus. He's Rock steady. Kevin Nash was super shredder. Alberto Del Rio beat the shit out of Rafael in Mexico. Like, what, what if you found out that Kevin Nash put him up to it? It would make a lot of sense. It would make a See lot of sense. Did? See what I did? Ooh. I just bought that shit full circle. You get that one for free, Wrestling World. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.